Well, guys, we finally made it to Anarchapulco, and I'm so excited to talk about anarchy and its possible solutions to the ever-increasing tyranny that we find ourselves in lately. What do you think? Whatever. I bet that thing doesn't even work, you stupid he bitch. Well, <laughs> haters gonna hate, but uh, at least we got to come down here to Acapulco. Hey, it's uh, it's safe down here, right? Come on, this is Mexico. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Welcome back to Conspiracy Guide. My name is Sean and I will be your late but better than never Conspiracy Guide. Again, sleep deprived, but I am riding a spiritual high. I just got back from Mexico like I just got back from Mexico. Uh, This show comes out every other Sunday at 9 a.m., And when I left for Mexico, I was supposed to come back and have enough time to record this episode, but here I am. It is Sunday night at 8 p.m., and I'm here in my basement trying to get this episode out. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I get it out on Sunday, and I don't miss my upload schedule. I just got to say, I've got to say, thank you again. The podcast is putting up great numbers. And so I really do. I just want to thank you all for listening and sharing. If you could rate and review, I would really appreciate that. But I can't force you because I'm not a dictator. So if you want to do it, I would really appreciate it. Now, I need to make a cor- correction. The The last show about guns, I, I realized a fact Right after I uploaded the podcast, I felt horrible about it, but you know what? I I don't have a research staff. I'm just a guy in my basement, so uh, I'm going to get stuff wrong, and when I do, I'll let you know about it. The best I can do is be honest, so please feel free to uh, check my work. So what I was trying to do is I was trying to make a basic formula for gun statistics that you could use to break down the numbers by the percentages. And one of those was the difference between homicide and murder. And I got that wrong. I said it was 25%. And so as I was laying there in bed that night thinking about it, I thought there's no way that could be true. That number is way too high. So what happened was I looked at two different number sets of these categories and the difference between the, uh, the the numbers that I found was 25%. That's how I came up with 25%. But I even mentioned in that episode how hard it is to find proper numbers on those statistics because it comes down to all these many agencies and, and they're reporting things in, you know, many different ways. I mean, government work. Am I right? Anyway, uh, if you if you tried to look just for justified killings, um, what what I ended up finding was that there was between 
I don't know, 500 and 2,000 of them. Now, I'm not going, again, not going to get into what is a justified killing here because many of these are police shootings and, you know, don't really know about police shootings being justified all the time. I think those are probably too high, and I think the civilian number is undercounted. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to call it a 1,000. not going to try and come up with a percentage. So let's do this again real quick. We have that round number we started with, 30,000, and 60% of those are suicides. That makes 12,000. Minus the 1,000 that I just came up with gives us 11,000 gun murders. 80% of those gun murders are gang-related. This leaves us with 2,200 non-gang-related gun murders. So it's not quite the 1,800 that I had come up with in that episode, but it's still pretty low, and uh, I guess 2,200 is... uh, you know, out of 350 million people and and a half a billion guns, it's really not that high. So anyway, the point is it's a pretty low number and not at all what they tell you on the news. So thank you for indulging me in that correction. Again, I try and be as accurate as I can, but uh, when I get it wrong, I got to eat crow. Got to tell you about it. And um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last episode I did about guns and uh, and then you'll know and then you'll know where to correct me and to yell at your radio when I get it wrong. So, all right, I am freshly back from Acapulco, Mexico and Anarchapulco, the conference or the convention or whatever it is. Um, I am back to the freezing authoritarian charms of Connecticut. And can you believe we survived the trip? Because Mexico is so dangerous. I mean, there are just drug cartels battling it out in the streets, just murdering innocent people. It is a desolate wasteland of death and destruction. Or at least uh, you might assume that is the case if you listen to the news or the U.S. State Department. I don't know where you're listening from, but here in the U.S., our government has all kinds of warnings about traveling to Mexico. And um, they they uh, they resemble that that terror threat. Do you remember that terror threat level thing? I don't know if you remember the uh, or wherever you are, but here in America, we had a terror threat level warning hilarious uh they used to say like oh today is a terror level orange and you should well uh i mean there's nothing you could actually do i don't know what they used to say but uh you should continue to uh be scared and wait for us to to tell you what you should be scared of next anyway who knows uh be be suspicious of people who look like they're from the middle east (laughs) That was the gist of it. That's uh, <laughs> That was our government. So anyway, if you remember, we had these terror threat level things. You know, the government was looking out for us as as they do. You know, the people who who knew 9/11 was going to happen, but um, but you know, you should be at a yellow today for for your safety and and what because we love you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to Mexico. Um 
so I, I think this the state of Guerrero where Acapulco is, it is at a level four, which means it's super scary because it is the same threat level as as North Korea. Yeah, according to the State Department, Acapulco, Mexico is the same as traveling to North Korea. And uh, in fact, here's a list of other level four warnings. By the way, level four is the top. So if you're crazy enough to travel to Acapulco, here are some other interesting uh, travel destinations you might want to go to, which are also a level four. Iran, Venezuela, Iraq, Somalia, Haiti, Ukraine, Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria, Sudan, North Korea, Libya, Russia, and Burkina Faso. <laughs> yes, all wonderful places to vacation. But do you notice a theme there? Perhaps the uh, perhaps it's not just perhaps the U.S. <laughs> has something to do with the fact that these places may be a a wee bit destabilized. I noticed a theme as I was going through that list. So, no, from what I, what I could find, uh, this score for for Acapulco actually was was doubled during COVID, you know, because because being gunned down in the streets is is obviously worse if you have a cold. So I couldn't figure out why, but it seems that Acapulco, the score at least went up during COVID and, you know, never mind the bullet holes. Uh, it was a COVID death. <laughs> it was PCR confirmed. Now, just to put that scale into perspective, I looked at a couple of the other countries. Antarctica is is a two, a two out of four. And because get this, don't know if you knew this, Antarctica is a two because it's cold there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I don't think it was that dangerous. I had a great time in, in Acapulco. Everyone in Mexico that we, we met, was perfectly kind and welcoming. Um, I didn't see any reason why you shouldn't travel to Mexico other than possibly the U.S. trying to keep a good trade deficit. I'm not sure what the problem was. Uh, lovely people down there in Mexico. Acapulco has beautiful beaches and, uh, and, and these beautiful rocky shorelines too. It used to be a very popular tourist destination. Lots of movie stars and singers and stuff used to go there. My family and I got to go see the famous Cliff Diver show. And we sat at this table in this restaurant that was perched high up on these cliffs. And we watched these guys climb up and then dive off a 34 meter high rock into the ocean. It's like 100 feet. And they have to time it. So that when they dive, a swell has come in. It's it's very cool. It looks super dangerous. We really enjoyed it. It was so awesome. Overall, uh, it was a great place with great people. And if you want to go to Mexico, just go. <laughs> I don't know. Exercise some caution, I guess. Maybe some situational awareness. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to go to Chicago or Detroit or St. Louis, go there too. But you know, also exercise some uh, caution and some situational awareness. I don't know. Mexico isn't Mogadishu. 
and and they rely a lot on tourism. It's a it's a big part of Mexico's economy. And all the locals that I spoke to when I was down there, they were really bummed to hear that the U.S. has all these strict warnings about traveling to Mexico. And the ones that I talked to who were honest said, yeah, you know, there there is some drug cartel violence that happens down here, but it is, you know, mostly between the rival cartels. So there is a lot of murders, but, you know, that's gang warfare, I guess, kind of like we have here in the States. You know, the other thing is when we think about this drug war and the cartels that it's created, I mean, that really is an, uh, an America-created problem. Uh, I know how I feel about drug laws. Uh, I think we can agree at this point that the war on drugs has been lost. I know when I was out there using them, I don't remember a single person saying, you know what, because of this war on drugs, I'm just not able to get the drugs that I use. No, of course I never heard that. There's drugs everywhere. And so all we've done is make a a bunch of powerful and rich and, and violent criminals where we don't actually need them because we don't need the war on drugs because because the war has been lost. So let's just go ahead and uh, decriminalize or, or legalize drugs and, and, and hopefully that will quell some of the violence that we're certainly helping to, to cause in Mexico. But uh, who knows? Maybe the U.S. government just likes to have an economically disadvantaged trading partner or... Maybe they're just worried that the U.S.-Mexico border is going to start flowing in the other direction soon. But my point is, there is a long list of propaganda that we get from the news media and the government, which are the same thing. Uh, But you can add the dangers of Mexico to that list. I didn't see any reason to think that Mexico and Acapulco were more dangerous than any other um, giant U.S. city. Because Acapulco and, and Mexico City, they're they're big cities. <clears throat> so big cities, you know, they all have some crime and some issues. So if you want to travel to Acapulco, do it. Um, something that I also thought was really cool was the Anarchapulco organizers. They, they sent out an email because the cab company that they had contracted with had returned five phones and three wallets that were all left in different cabs. So, you know, that, that really speaks to the, uh, the people of Mexico. I find them to just be, uh, you know, honest and, and good family people. And I just, I just don't appreciate the, uh, the demonization. I just love Mexican culture and I love the country. So anyway, uh, speaking of Anarchapulco, Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the event. Um, this was my first year attending the event, and I'm really glad that I did. I It kind of feels like I found my people. In the nicest way, Anarchapulco is a bunch of, of weirdos, a bunch of kind of social outcasts who are fed up with the existing power structures, and they get together to talk about a better way of doing it. And <coughs> excuse me. First of all, it is it is not what I expected. In in years past, it was held at a, a hotel or a, a convention space. 
And that's what I was expecting. But during COVID, the hotels wouldn't allow people to like sit closer than six feet and they had to wear masks. You remember all the nonsense. You were there <laughs> wherever you were. Um, so uh, that wasn't going to happen with the Anarchapoco crowd. Trust me, this, cra- the, this crowd ain't doing that shit. So, so, um, so now the event is held at this kind of like hippie natural healing garden compound thing. I don't know. That's, that's the best way I can describe it, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's like you turn off this, this main, main, main street there in, in Acapulco behind a gas station. And it's like you pull into the garden of Eden. It's really amazing. They had this, uh, this big outdoor stage set up and, you know, all this professional, uh, uh, equipment. And then in the back of that stage, you know, they had some pools that you could sit in and, and watch what was going on on the stage. Like you were at a Jimmy Buffett concert or something. It just had a really nice, um, organic feeling to it. Just a really great vibe. And you could just also kind of wander around in this jungle paradise and see what else was going on. The, uh, the convention or conference or whatever it was, as far as I could tell, there were like three basic themes for the event. It's all in the, the spirit of like freedom and sovereignty, but the three themes were government, money, and medicine. So I'm just going to run through these and kind of give you some of my thoughts on them and, um, and how they pertain to the event. So let's start with money. It's it's obvious that our our system of money, well, certainly here in the U.S., but I, it is a worldwide problem. What we have is fiat money. It's just money that is issued by uh, the state, or or in our case here in the U.S., the Federal Reserve, which, by the way, is neither federal or a or a reserve. But money is a, a massive issue and um, sovereign debt, not not the sovereign kind like personal sovereignty, but sovereign debt refers to that, uh, you know, held by a, a state, by, by a nation. Um, it's all going to collapse. And uh, we need solutions and, and we should be thinking about this. I don't have time to kind of explain it all right now, but our money system is at this point, a giant Ponzi scheme, and it's all going to come to an end pretty soon, and it's going to be catastrophic. So, Anarchapulco is heavy on the crypto stuff, and I'm just going to say right off the bat that I don't think crypto is going to play a meaningful role in currency transactions in the future. Excuse me. I know that this is not a popular take, but I have my reasons for it, and I'm just going to put it on the record, try to be honest with you here, but uh, I was an early adopter of Bitcoin, not because I'm some financial wizard, but because I was buying drugs on on Silk Road. If you don't know what Silk Road was, it was a kind of an online marketplace to buy and sell drugs, and that's why I had Bitcoin. Um, unfortunately, uh, as a drug user, <laughs> uh, you spend all the money that you have. So I didn't have any Bitcoins left when the uh, price skyrocketed. I did have an empty Bitcoin wallet though. So uh, that's unfortunate, but 
but I was I was all up in crypto. I mean, I used to mine it. I used to, um, you know, trade quite a bit of it. And um, I still hold a decent amount of Bitcoin. I, I really do like Bitcoin a lot, but I have come to a few of these realizations uh, since I since I first started uh, being interested in it. And I've just, I don't know, noticed the shortcomings of crypto and why I don't think it's going to be a proper, you know, money solution. I think it can uh, uh, work as a uh, store of value or even uh, a way to make uh, value transfers that would be harder to do otherwise. But as far as like a currency or a money goes, I just don't think it's going to do that. Uh, I can go into more depth on this. I- I'll probably, yeah, I'll definitely do an episode on money. So maybe cryptos in there. I guess drop me an email if you want to hear about cryptos, but all I can tell you is that uh, I, I was I was knee deep in crypto for a long time, and I just I just came away from it kind of cold because there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of it that just really doesn't meet my my expectations. Anyway, uh, make no mistake though, our our system of money is gonna come to an end. So I don't want to say anything too bad about crypto because I'm actually on the side of it working. I I wish it would. And I'm really happy that there's people working on the solutions. But um, I didn't really attend much of the crypto stuff while I was at Anarchopoco. There's tons of that. So if you're into crypto, Anarchopoco is a great place for you to go to learn about some of the new, I I guess, emerging cryptos and how to better use it. I know the, uh, the crypto lovers out there would have a million arguments for me for, for why I'm wrong. And, and I think that's great. Um, I, I got to actually talk to some really interesting, uh, people about the crypto space though. Uh, some of the other uh, people who were attending, some of them who were actually speaking. So shout out to Dr. Sarah and Dan, my wife and I actually sat next to, uh, to these two while we were at the Ron Paul dinner which was awesome. I'm so glad I got to see Ron Paul speak. Um, he was fighting this war uh, against uh, government like and the Fed like a long time ago. He's he's a, a hero of mine. I've always wanted to see speak. So so anyway, back to um, Dr. Sarah and Dan. Uh, these were like some Silicon Valley tech people, super educated and and all up in AI and crypto and, and all things technology. And uh, got to have this great conversation with them around dinner about cryptos and AI and stuff that, that I just really enjoyed. I looked them up later and um, I found out that uh, they had like done projects with like the UN and, and other governments and stuff. So like they had previously partnered with the devil essentially, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to talk to them about conspiracies and, and all the other stuff going on at Anarchapulco. Some of the things I believe, which, which was fun to share with them. And you know what? Sometimes I would, I would much rather talk to people who aren't quite on the same wavelength because it's much more interesting to, uh, to talk to people like that. And I almost got him. I don't know. Uh, I almost got him to, (laughs) maybe I got him to believe that the moon landing are fake. We'll see. But, uh, 
It was great. Uh, another major theme of the of Anarchapoco was medical freedom stuff. I am all about medical freedom. I am a proud anti-vaxxer. I have been an anti-vaxxer since before the pandemic. Thank God for that, right? Really, it saved my family from the worthless and dangerous clot shot because we were already ahead of the curve on uh, on hating vaccines and, and doubting the medical system. So long-time anti-vaxxer here. So I don't know if medical freedom was a part of Anarchopulco before the uh, fake pandemic, but, um, but the scumbags... They tried to lock us down and they tried to make us wear masks and they tried to shoot us up with poison and and murder our loved ones in the hospitals and make us hug each other through clear shower curtains and all that nonsense. So now, now medicine, the giant scam that it is, has become inextricably linked to freedom. And I'm so happy that that's the case. Dell Bigtree of the High Wire was at the event. I will be forever thankful to Dell for bringing his message of the dangers of vaccines to a wider audience. And I also got to uh, on the medical stuff. I got to a, uh, uh, to go to a workshop by Dr. Andrew Kaufman, and it was about water. It was super, super interesting. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, I can't do it justice here, so I'll do an episode on water, and um, I may include some of the stuff I learned in this workshop, but the interesting thing about water is that it has properties which you can actually affect, and I think back to uh, there was there was a time when when I was I was newly uh, sober and uh, a friend of mine had reached out to me and and given me this book by this Japanese scientist who did these experiments with water where he would uh, he would uh, I guess impart uh, uh, attitude or um, what he would do was he he would tell like one one glass of water. Uh, that that he loved it and and it was special to him and he would tell the other glass of water that he hated it and that it was uh, horrible and terrible and whatnot and then he would flash freeze it and he would get these different shapes and the ones that the the water he was kind to would make these beautiful um, symmetrical shapes and, and the ones he was mean to would make these awful and ugly shapes. And I know it sounds crazy, but uh, that's what he did, and, and he was able to replicate it. Since then, a lot more studies have been done and confirmed that you can actually impart certain properties in water. And I know it sounds kind of crazy. I, I can't do it justice here, but I will do an episode about water. Absolutely fascinating stuff. So Dr. Kaufman has also been a huge voice in the germ versus terrain theory stuff. Did you know that some people actually believe that viruses don't exist? It's true. And I'm one of them. So uh, so stay tuned for that. <clears throat> I will get into some of that stuff. I know I've got a lot of that going on in this episode, but it's a relatively new podcast and I'm trying to tell you what happened at Anarchapulco, but yes, I don't believe 
that viruses exist, and we will get into that. Um, I also got to meet Dr. Kaufman, or or Andy, as he likes to be called. He's a really cool guy. Um, I was very excited to meet him. I'm sure he could pick up on that. I kind of nerded out with him a little bit, but it was great. We got to shoot the shit a little bit and uh, talk about some viruses and some other stuff. So uh, really cool guy. So there was a bunch of medicine stuff, and I was really happy to see that. Dr. Carrie Madej was there. Um, Marjorie Wildcraft was there teaching some alternative medicine stuff. I actually missed her talk, and I'm bummed about that. I couldn't make it to that one. But um, but I'm really happy that this particular gathering of people is going so hard on the medical freedom stuff because I'm really passionate about that. It was really kind of what got me activated in this space of, you know, kind of conspiracies and, and seeking the truth. So as the name would imply, there is a lot of talk about government and anarchy Basically, everyone there is anti-state. So, like I said, these are my people. These are my people because I hate government. I mean, you could just call me Sean. I hate the government, Alexander, because government is the worst. So, philosophically, I am an anarchist. Or, uh, or, or more accurately, I guess the new designation is voluntarist, and uh, that's what I try to say. So why do I hate the government so much? Well, it's not the misplaced uh, teenage angst that I, that I used to have when I was younger, because I was a punk rocker, and I, and I loved all things anarchy. At the time, it sort of meant, like, no rules and total chaos, and as a teenage boy, that stuff sounded really fun and cool and it was like I'm against the man because the man has rules and and I hate following rules but but now in my ripe old age I am still an anarchist and it doesn't mean no rules it means no rulers and I don't want rulers because the rulers have proven themselves in every way possible to be absolute reprehensible scumbags. My government, the U.S. government, takes my money and uses it to kill innocent people and children. I mean, how many in the Middle East? How many in Vietnam? How many when we nuke Japan? How, how many are going to happen because of this war that we can't seem but help provoke with Russia? And there, there's just no shortage of these stories where innocent people are being killed. It was like last, maybe it was the year before last, <coughs> excuse me. There was this drone strike in Kabul that killed like seven children. This horrific attack. And I'm not okay with that. Like pull the plug on that project. That, that is horrible. What, what are we even doing with drones in Afghanistan? I mean, these are some of the poorest people on the planet. They pose no threat to us. And so, I mean, look, even if you believe, like, let's just say, let's just say you believe that 19 hijackers with box cutters 
took down the World Trade Center. So we went to the Middle East and 20 years later and blah, blah, blah. Are you okay with them killing kids? Are you okay with them sending like a drone that, uh, you know, with the flimsiest of reasons, oh, we're a terrorist or whatever. And then, uh, and then they just happen to kill seven children. Oops, our bad, you know, better luck next time, I guess. No, no, I'm not okay with that. It, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. It's awful and I want to opt out, but can I opt out? No, no, not really. Um, I just have to keep paying taxes or they will eventually use that violence on me. So in essence, they take my labor, my life force, you know, which I use to convert to money and they convert that into violence. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with violence being committed in my name, so to speak. So anarchy or voluntarism, again, this is one of those things that's going to deserve its own episode. But I got to learn a lot about it at this conference from some real heavy hitters in the space. Some people like Max Egan and uh, Larkin Rose, some people who have been discussing these topics for a long time now. And so I knew how I felt about these topics. I knew that it felt dirty and that I didn't like what was happening, uh, the things that my government was doing, but I didn't really have like precise ideas on the alternative. And so I've always sort of, um, you know, felt this need for freedom or felt this need to disassociate myself from the government committing these acts. But the people at Anarchopoco helped me put a real fine uh, point on it, I guess. And so uh, we may differ a bit in our in our conclusions where I kind of can't quite see how it's possible to do it completely without government. I don't know. You might call me like an anarcho-libertarian or something at this point, but the point is it doesn't really matter if we differed a little bit on the conclusions. The spirit of it all was there, and it was just really fulfilling to hear other people um, really just help me refine my ideas on the topic. But you know what? Speaking of people that I that I uh, agree with a lot, I guess, <laughs> um, one of the just wonderful things about Anarchopoco is how you just get to meet so many people. I actually got to meet Charlie Robinson of the Macroaggressions podcast. Macroaggressions is one of those few podcasts that inspired me to start this show. And the thing about um, Anarchopoco is there was, I would guess, like 500 or so people there. So you really just got to mingle around and meet everyone. It, it wasn't like impossible to meet everyone who attended. It was awesome. And Charlie just happened to get in line right behind me and my wife as we were waiting for a shuttle bus and the uh, bus got delayed for like a half hour or something. Now, sometimes you meet people who have inspired you and they just turn out to be dickheads, but I am happy to report that Charlie isn't one of them. In addition to putting out a great show, he's 
also a really nice guy. And he didn't seem to mind too much that I was asking him a bunch of questions that I've been, been wondering about for years. So, you know what, if you like this show, make sure you check out macro aggressions. It's, it's like this show, but, but better. (laughs) And it wasn't just Charlie either. I mean, I met all kinds of people. I met people from all over the world, a bunch of people from Canada, a lot of Canadians there. Uh, shout out to the Canadians. Seems like you guys have just just had it with your government because the Canadians, man, they were out in droves. Um, I met people from Sweden and uh, and Spain and Finland and the UK. Um, I met one guy who was like the he was like a bona fide nomad, and he had driven all over and lived all throughout the, like all the South American countries for like the last 16 years. It was super cool. Uh, shout out to you, Ryan, if you're out there, I really enjoyed hearing about all those countries. So, you know what? I just love the hell out of this event. I love that all the weirdos like myself can get together in Mexico and talk about these issues because these are important issues and they're really the issues that are at the heart of human flourishing or suffering. Um, these topics really are life or death. And I'm, I'm not being dramatic because, um, you know, is the currency going to collapse and the tyrannical government going to load us all on train cars next month? Probably not. Well, what about in 10 years? I mean, what about in 50 years? I don't know, but it's happened before and it's trending that way again. If you just think about it, like about 100 years ago, we got the origin of our current medical system. And today uh, you could have lost your job for not being injected with a product that they won't even tell you the ingredients of. That's crazy. About 100 years ago, uh, we got the central bank that issues our money, at least here in the U.S. And now our money isn't backed by anything other than military violence. And our dollar is worth about 2% of where it started. And inflation appears to be going parabolic right now. And also about 100 years ago, we got the first income tax. And it was only about 1%. How much tax do you pay? I mean, between income tax and sales tax and property tax and inflation, which is a tax, it's well over half. Uh, No, for me it is. So we are heading full speed in a dangerous direction. Massive encroachments in our freedom have happened in just a couple of generations. So I don't know the timeline, but I know we've gone too far already. And I have kids and I don't want them to be slaves of the state. But unless we do something, that's exactly what they will be because that's kind of what we are already. But have no fear, dear listeners, have no fear because there's a group of ragtag anarchists that meet annually in Mexico to spearhead this liberty movement. And I am so grateful that I got to join them this time. And and I hope to be a part of it in the future. 
because it really does feel like uh, like I found my people, like I said, and I really hope to be back. I hope to be a part of that community for a long time to come. So anyway, that's it. That's what I have on Anarcho Poco. I've got no books or links this time. Um, barely made a show this week. And um, I apologize. The show is probably going to sound terrible because I had to stop the recording a whole bunch of times. Maybe it was going from the hot humidity of Acapulco uh, back here to uh, frozen, dry Connecticut, but my voice just was not holding up this time. So if you notice all the cuts in the episode, I apologize for that, but I do have something good for you. When I was um, in the granite industry uh, in Southern California, I worked with a bunch of super cool Mexican guys. I, uh, I loved working with them. They would... They would always cook for me and my brother. They'd cook this amazing food. They would tell us crazy stories. They even invited us to parties and stuff. Bunch of bunch of cool dudes. Anyway, I remember this crazy song they would play every once in a while. And the song has a bunch of shout-outs in it. And one of those shout-outs is Acapulco. So listen for it. <laughs> See if you can hear it. And until next time... Sa, sa, sa. ¿Qué tenemos, DJ? Rápidamente. Que comience la fiesta. Mesa, mesa, mesa que más aplauda. Mesa que más aplauda. Mesa que más aplauda. Le mando, le mando, le mando a la niña. Mesa que más aplauda, sí. Mesa que más aplauda, no. Mesa que más aplauda. Le mando, le mando, le mando a la niña. Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa. Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa. Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa. Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa. Mesa, 
Barrio Medio, sa, sa, Buena Vista, sa, sa, Maniobrista, sa, Quinta Etapa, sa, sa, Melano del Perro, sa, sa, La 21, sa, sa, La Cuauhtémoc, sa, sa, Colonia Centro, sa, sa, Zaragoza, sa, sa, La Huaca, sa, sa, Costa de Oro, sa, sa, Costa Verde, sa, sa, El Virginia, sa, sa, El Reforma, sa, sa, Mocambo, sa, sa, Boca del Río, sa, sa, El Manantial, sa, sa, La Carranza, sa, sa, y Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa Y los de Tabasco Sa, sa, los poblanos Sa, sa, los chilangos Sa, sa, de Durango Sa, sa, de Sonora Sa, sa, Sinaloa Sa, sa, y todo el mundo Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa Y los de Acapulco Sa, sa, Guadalajara Sa, sa, Guanajuato Sa, sa, Nuevo León Sa, sa, Tijuana Sa, sa, Reynosa Sa, y los de Tepito los de Jalapa, sa, sa, Orizaba, sa, sa, los de Córdoba, sa, Costa Rica, sa, sa, Minatitlán, sa, sa, Guaxacualco, sa, sa, Ciudad Mendoza, sa, sa, Alvarado, sa, sa, Ciudad Cardera, sa, y los Jarochos, sa, sa, Yacuzá, Yacuzá, el Irapuato, sa, sa, el Monarca, sa, sa, el Monterrey, sa, el Necaxa, sa, sa, el Toluca, sa, sa, el Cruz Azul, sa, sa, los su madre. ¡Arriba los tiburones! Sa, 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 ya tu sa, ya tu sa, que todo el mundo aplauda, que todo el mundo aplauda, que todo el mundo aplauda.